Well, amen and amen. Why don't we give a hand clap of praise to the Lord. We exalt his name, the name above every name, right? That's the reason why we gather uh, for his name to be lifted up, uh, high and lifted up, man. We exalt uh, him. We exalt him. Well, uh, good morning again. Welcome to Tyler Town Church. We are a part of the Living Hope family. My name is Irvin Wass. We'll serve as uh, the campus pastor here. Uh, so excited today. We're starting a new series uh, entitled How to Be Great. Uh, How to Be Great. We're going to be looking through the book of Matthew over the next four weeks uh, and really looking at the three uh, greats um, starting next week. We're going to look at the uh, great commandment uh, in Matthew chapter 22, right? The call for us to love God and love others, right? Uh, and then the week after that, we're going to be looking at what is called the great compassion in Matthew 25, which uh, calls for us to uh, live a life of service to others, uh, even when it hurts at times. Uh, and then we're going to look at in Matthew 28, uh, with many, which many of you know, the great uh, commission, great commission, the call for us to go uh, and make disciples. And all three of those greats have something in common, right? Uh, all three of those greats have to do uh, with this reality that uh, uh, in order to accomplish uh, those callings, you've got to lay down yourself. Right. In order to uh, walk out what the word says regarding those three greats, you've got to choose to understand that this life is not about yourself anymore. Right. It is a call to service. And and that's exactly what Jesus said whenever he talks about how to be great. It's not uh, just about uh, acquiring accomplishments. It's not just about building your own name in your kingdom. That's not what it takes to be great. He says, right, the greatest among you must be what? Your servant. Your servant. The call is to live a life not of yourself, but service to others. And I know, hey, I may step on some toes, but I'll go ahead and say, you know, go ahead and throw this in free of charge. I know in this culture, right, the call for us is to uh, to walk in self-care, right? And there is an element of, right, taking care of yourself. You need to sleep, you need to eat well, right? But a lot of folks have taken that beyond the measure and think, hey, self-care means actually Right. uh, uh, Just solely focusing on yourself. And that's not the call of the Christian. It's not the call of the Christian. The call of the Christian. Right. Is to not just look out for yourself, but to die to yourself every single day and look to live a life of service to others. And Jesus says, right. And when you do that, you will be man, great. How to be great. But before we talk about uh, uh, those greats over the next few weeks. Right. We're going to continue to uplift Jesus and talk about uh, who I like to call the greatest of all time, uh, Jesus himself. Uh, He is the goat, which if you don't know what the goat means, I'm not talking about an actual goat, right? I'm talking about the acronym greatest uh, of all uh, time. Uh, When we think about the greatest of all time right here lately, uh, everybody wants to come out with their list of, right, all-time greats and anything. Right. It's a great conversation starter. It's a, a great way to engage uh, in talking with uh, others. Right. And so you may have some thoughts on uh, uh, who the goat is in these particular areas that, that I want to highlight. Whenever it comes to uh, greatest actor or actress. Right. That is uh, uh, pretty debatable for me. Right. Greatest I've seen is my dude Denzel Washington. I think he's the greatest of all time. But you may have a different uh, view or thought on that. That's pretty debatable. 
right? Whenever it talk, whenever we talk about greatest uh, basketball player, right? That's been the conversation over the last, you know, decade. Uh, majority of folks say Michael Jordan, but it's debatable. And by the way, I'm in one of those, uh, uh, you know, I'm one of those folks that debates that, right? So in terms of who is the greatest, uh, but uh, but it's debatable. A lot of folks uh, say Michael Jordan, but I lean towards greatest I've ever seen, uh, which is uh, LeBron James. I don't want to have a debate today, but that's just my thought. My thought. Whenever we talk about greatest football player, it's greatest or it's football season. So, man, we talk about greatest football player. Many say Tom Brady, but that's debatable based on where you grew up or the time period that you watched uh, sports. Greatest place to live. That's debatable. Right. Based on, uh, uh, you know, your upbringing and basically your, your preferences on climate and all those different things. Right. All these topics pertaining to uh, the goat or the greatest. Those are all topics of debate. But can I go ahead and tell you, right, there's one topic, better yet, one person, right, uh, whenever the topic comes up on the greatest, th- there's no debate on him. His name is Jesus Christ. There's no debate. There's no debate. Hey, there's some, there's some that may say, right, that Muhammad, right, the prophet of Islam compares to Jesus. No, he doesn't. He's dead in the grave. And Allah doesn't exist. Right. Some may say that uh, a Confucius, right, uh, uh, the thinker of the time, right, compares to Jesus. No, he doesn't. He's dead in the grave. Right. And the, and the God of Confucianism, uh, Shang-Chi, doesn't exist. Hey, some may say, right, that Joseph Smith compares uh, to Jesus Christ. No, he doesn't. He's dead in the grave. Right. And, and the God of Mormonism doesn't exist. Okay, let me go ahead and give you one more. Some may say, right, that uh, uh, Siddhartha, right, Gautama, right, the uh, uh, thinker and leader of Buddhism, man, that he compares to Jesus, but he doesn't. He's dead in the grave. And, hey, that little Buddha that you saw at the store whenever you went and traveled, right, it's an inanimate object. He doesn't exist. There is one name that's above every name. Hey, there's one name, one person that is the greatest of all time, and his name is Jesus. Jesus. He is the goat. He's the goat. And we're going to look at a passage here in Matthew uh, chapter 8. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Look at a passage here that speaks to his greatness. Psalm 113 verse 5 says it like this. Who is like the Lord our God who is seated on high? Man, there is no one like him. And hey, for the child of God... I don't know about you, but for me, that makes me want to shout because I follow this Jesus. Hey, hey, I'm on the same side as this Jesus. And hey, because he's great, man, hey, we ought to choose to be folks, man, that align our life with him. The greatest of all time. Matthew chapter 8, we're going to start in verse 23 and read through verse 27, a familiar passage. We've been in church long enough. Context, Jesus is in the height of his ministry. Right, uh, man, he had just healed some folks, healed many, actually, the passage says right before. And then we see him and his disciples get ready to take a trip, a, a short trip, but albeit a trip across a body of water to the other side. And we see right in this trip, Jesus show his greatness to the disciples and also to us. Matthew chapter eight, starting in verse 23. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. We're going to read through verse 27. Verses are on the screen if you uh, don't have a word with you. This is what the word of the Lord says. Says this. And when he. Talking about Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. 
And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being, uh, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and he rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this? that even the winds and the sea obey him. I don't know if you've ever tried before, right? Yesterday we had a big storm that came through Clarkson. I don't know if you tried to step outside and tell that storm to stop rolling. If you did, you failed because it was here for a little while. But listen, we see this Jesus, man, just simply speak to the storm, man, and it ceased. Right? Showcasing his great. The greatest of all time. Why don't we pray one more time together? Lord God, we do love you. We exalt your name, Lord. You are great. Lord, there is no one like you. No one compares to you. And so this morning we continue to lift you up, Lord. I pray for the friend in here, Lord, who may not know you. And I pray that they would choose to surrender, God, to the gospel. God, I pray for the person in here who, uh, God, has minimized you. God, I pray that you'd remind them of your greatness. Lord, you are near to us. Your eminence is real, but also, Lord, you are transcendent. Lord, I pray that you'd remind us, God, of how big you are, how great you are. Lord. And I pray for that person, Lord, that's now, perhaps walking through a storm in life, Lord, I pray you'd meet them where they are today. God, I pray that they would choose to trust in you for who you are, Lord, for your greatness. God, we love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your great and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. The greatest of all time. We see three reasons why, right, Jesus can have the title of the greatest of all time. Uh, based on this passage in Matthew chapter 8. Three reasons why. Right? A familiar passage. But man, one that we need to uh, read and be reminded of why he is great. We see three reasons why he is uh, the goat. The first reason, right? It's in the first couple of verses here. The reason why Jesus is the greatest of all time is because this Jesus is in total control during the storm. Hey, this Jesus is in total control during the storm. The context here, right, this wasn't just a little uh, spring shower, right, uh, that was taking place. This was a seismic storm. The uh, verbiage in the original language there, man, it's used similarly to, to speak of an earthquake. This was a massive storm. Now, this body of water, right, every now and again was known for, for one that, that uh, uh, where storms would, would take place as folks uh, sailed on uh, the sea, right? But this was a massive storm, massive one. And think about it just for a second. In the midst of this massive storm, right, we see Jesus asleep in the back of the boat, which is interesting in and of itself. Here's what's interesting, Pastor Greg. It's not like the boat they were on was one of them yachts that Jeff Bezos owns. Right. It wasn't a massive boat. It was a small boat. 
And you've got 13 people, including Jesus, man, uh, uh, packed in like sardines in this boat. And Jesus is asleep. Imagine that all these folks on the boat, man, the boat's rocking back and forth. And Jesus is asleep. Crazy. Crazy thing about it. Why was he asleep? Well, hey, because he was in total control over the storm. Hey, he knew, man, that that the his father, right? The Lord God, Yahweh, he, he sent this storm, man, and he was in total control over it. So, hey, he was able, man, to just take a nap, sleep. Hey, just a reminder for us in here, hey, same way Jesus was in control of, man, hey, the, the storm that we see here, he is in control, man, over the storms in your life as well. You need to be reminded of that. He was in total control. He was able to relax. Brother Ross, you know, it's football season. We were just talking about it outside just a second ago. And and uh, in honor of football season being among us, I'm going to give a football illustration. Amen. And so uh, 2014 season, NFL season, uh, the Green Bay Packers, a storied franchise right from Wisconsin, they were struggling. They had, at the time, they had one of the best quarterbacks of all time, right? They were struggling through their first couple of games, and that quarterback – uh, it's hard for me to even say his name. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, he uh, was interviewed by the press after they lost. And they asked him, hey, Aaron, man, y'all are struggling, man. What's going on, man? What are you going to do? And this is what he said. He said, I've got five letters for you. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Mm-hmm. And then he said it again. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. What he was saying was, hey, man, I got this thing. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And sure enough, they ended up being more than okay. They ended up making a deep playoff run, including tearing out the hearts uh, of my Dallas Cowboys uh, in the playoffs. He ended up doing it a couple years later. That's why it's hard to say his name. But he was able to make that bold statement because he said, hey, man, it's all good, man. I'm in control. I'm Aaron Rodgers, man. Hey, I'm going to figure it out. Even the great Aaron Rodgers, man, that statement that he made, man, it was a bold one. It was a bold one. He didn't know what could take place. Hey, Jesus, man, this statement here, man, of him being asleep, highlighting the fact that he was in total control, man. He could make, man, because he was in control. He is in control. He is. And so for us as children of God, man, we've got to be reminded of that. Yeah, be reminded of that. He is in control of our life. I love what uh, Warren Wiersbe says in his commentary. Jesus was asleep in the boat in the midst of everything because he rested confidently in the will of God. And Jesus himself is God. Man, he knew the storm man, that came was of the will of the Father. It was allowed to come. And though it was a wild one, He was in control, and he chose to stay calm. Hey, so for the child of God in here, five letters for you. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Hey, because the one that we serve, right, is over the control. Or he's he's in control and is over, man, the storm of our life. Got one more verse for you before we move to the next point here. 1 Corinthians 15, 27, as proof in... uh, The fact that he is in control. It says this, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. 
But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. Let me go ahead and give it to you in Irvin Wasser translation. Hey, what is over your head is under his feet. What is over your head is under his feet. Man, the reason why Jesus is the goat, because, man, he has control over the storm. Hey, let's keep going. Second truth that we see here. Second reason why Jesus is the goat. Not only is he in control in the midst of the storm, we see that he has command over the winds and the waves in the storm. The disciples, man, panicking, which, by the way, I would have. You probably would have. Right? Sailing down, man. First and foremost, man, I, I would have panicked just getting on the boat. I know I'm following Jesus, but, man, they, that little old boat, man, fitting all of us on there. Man, that would have been tough, man. That's an act of faith in and of itself. But as they're sailing down, man, the, the storm comes, they're panicked. It says that, man, they uh, try to awake Jesus. Hey, Jesus, wake up, man. Hey, save us. We're, we're, we're going to die. We're drowning. Right there, lives were in imminent danger there. And we see Jesus wake up, and, and like I mentioned earlier, hey, he spoke to the winds and the waves, and they stopped immediately. There wasn't any kind of delay. There wasn't any kind of lag. He spoke, and immediately, man, the winds stopped. That word rebuke in the original language, right, we see it used uh, throughout the gospel, right, in uh, uh, those passages that speak to exorcism. Whenever, man, he rebuked a demon out of a person, right? It speaks to Jesus' command, man, over the winds and the waves in the storm. We see that no one compares to the Lord because, man, he is in charge. As we just sang, the winds and the waves, man, he still, they still know his name. Still know his name. And man, hey, he spoke, man, and said, peace be still, man, and those winds and waves stopped. Man. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say this, hey, that Jesus Christ, man, he has all authority. All authority. He is in charge. He's in charge. Hey, just one word, Sister Denise, right? And that demon's going to run from that person. Hey, ju- just one word spoken there, man. And, and that man, Lazarus, got up out of the grave, man. He was a dead man, dead for several days, got up and walked. Hey, just one word, right? And weather and nature, man, come under submission of him. Man, he is in charge. That's one commentary states, Jesus in his rebuke of the waves demonstrates total power over demonstrative natural forces. Let's be careful, by the way, not to uh, try and oversimplify uh, this reality here. Uh, It's so easy to simply run to, right, the practical application for us that uh, Jesus, man, is able to still the storms in our life, which he is. But man, it's bigger than that. Jesus, man, literally was able to tell the weather, right, to, to stop rolling. And it stopped. He has authority over all things. All things. He's that big. And so the call for us as a result is to choose to trust him. Jeremiah ten twelve. Says it like this. It is he talking about the Lord who made the earth by his power, who established 
the world by his wisdom. And it's by his understanding stretched out the heavens. Later on in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 32, verse 27, says this, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? And then let me give you one more. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly more than we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. And he has command over the natural forces as well as the supernatural forces. And hey, our response is to choose to trust him. Oh, for grace to trust in him more and choose to trust him. Even when stuff isn't working out in your life, hey, choose to trust him. Even when it's hard to see him, hey, choose to trust him. He has command over the winds and the waves of life. But then thirdly and lastly, right? Man, why is Jesus the greatest of all time? Man, hey, he is in control. He has command over the winds and the waves of the storm. But thirdly and lastly, hey, this Jesus, man, he cares for us in the midst of the storm. This Jesus cares. It's hard to really fathom that other uh, religions, their quote-unquote gods are distant. Right? All they care about is, hey, them living the right way. And if they don't live the right way, man, hey, they're not going to make it. But this Jesus, man, hey, in the midst of the struggle in our life, in the midst of, man, hey, when we fail, man, he cares for us. And we see it right here in the text. Right? The disciples, they had seen all that Jesus had done up to the point. They, they just witnessed him heal many people in the village that they were in. They get in the boat with him. This storm comes. Jesus is asleep. And we see, man, their lack of faith. They wake Jesus up, panicked. and their minds, they're thinking, man, Jesus doesn't care about us. He's over here asleep. He's taking a nap. They wake him up, and, and Jesus, right, uh, man, he rebukes them, lets them know, hey, guys, hey, you a little faith, man. How come you got a little faith? You, you just saw all the stuff that I did, man. You, you, you don't believe that I can... Take care of this storm or I I can get you to the other side in the midst of it. And hey, in his love and care, man, chooses to take care of the storm anyways. What a God that we serve. Man, his love and compassion for us. His love doesn't change even in the seasons where we lack faith. Man, he corrects. He cares. And he meets us where we are, man. That's what makes him the goat, man. Hey, those of you in here who are lacking faith, hey, God's love for you hadn't changed one lick. Man, he wants you to draw near to him because he cares for you. He cares. You that's trying to navigate through the personal storm in your life on your own, thinking that you can figure it out. Hey, man, God cares. Man, choose to draw close to him. How does he care? I just got to thinking about this. How does he care? How has he shown that he's cared in my life? Right? I thought, thought of a few ways here. We 
He shows that he cares by reminding us time and time again that he is near to us. Psalm 125 verses 1 and 2, a passage of scripture that the Lord gave me as, you know, those who've been here a while know, you know, when when my dad passed, when I found him dead at my house a little over two years ago, passage that the Lord gave me in the midst of one of the darkest seasons of my life says this, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, who, which cannot be moved, but abides forever as the mountains surround Jerusalem. So the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. And the Lord is near to us. He shows his care, the fact that he's near. He shows his care. Right, by reminding us that he hears us. Not only is he near, he hears. Psalm 66, 19 and 20, it says this, but truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. And he hears us. He hears your prayers. You may say, Pastor Irv, man, he hadn't answered it the way I wanted to. I've been crying out for a while about this. Been crying out for God to remove me from the storm, take this issue from me. It doesn't mean just because He hadn't answered it the way you wanted to doesn't mean that He hadn't heard you. Here it is. Perhaps instead of taking away the rain, He's trying to teach you to learn how to dance in the midst of it. And He hears you. He hears. And then. We see that he cares for us by reminding us of the fact that he does care. First Peter 5, 7. Peter, the apostle, he says this. Hey, cast your anxieties, man. Cast your troubles on the Lord, for he cares for you, man. He cares. He cares. Famous uh, missionary, um, man of compassion, a guy by the name of George Mueller, Lived his life, right, uh, uh, in sacrifice, essentially, man. He gave, right, he looked to feed the homeless, right, feed the orphan, right, take care of them. That was his life. And he had a little uh, plaque on his table uh, in his office that read this, that said this, it matters to him about you. It matters to him about you. Him's talking about the Lord, man. Hey, man, because the Lord cares, man, what's going on in your life matters to him. It does. And so, hey, choose to draw close to him. He cares. He cares. That's what makes him so great, man. Even at our worst, he cares. Cares enough to remove the storm with just a word. Or he also cares enough to meet and minister to you in the midst of it and teach you how to walk in it. I don't get why he allows storms of life to come in our life. I I, I don't. I don't. But that doesn't change the fact that he cares. And he's wanting to meet you where you are. He cares. Jesus Christ is the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I don't care what anybody else says. 
this is without debate. He is the GOAT. A couple of takeaway points and we'll be done today. Because Jesus is the GOAT, man, how are we to respond based on what we see here in the text? Man, how are we to respond as his people? First way we respond is this, man. Because Hey, since he's the GOAT, we ought to recognize his greatness. Hey, some of us, man, Jesus, in our mind, is much smaller than who he's described as in the Word. Hey, some of you guys have minimized Jesus, perhaps, you know, to fit, you know, your comfort level. Or perhaps to, hey, uh, to fit, you know, your perception and your thoughts and, and beliefs. But the reality is, man, he's much greater than that. He's not too small. In fact, he is great and no one compares to him. And for us as believers, we've got to recognize his greatness, not minimize it. Right, for the sake of, man, our theology. Man, he's much greater than that. Job 5, 8 and 9, this is what Job says in the middle of his calamity. He says, as for me, I would seek God, and to God would I commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable things, marvelous things without number. And then Psalm 145, verse 3 says it like this, great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Hey church, may we recognize his greatness. May our recognition of the greatness of our Lord lead us to choose to rejoice in him. Hey, even if the miracle doesn't come. Hey, even if the storm isn't blown away. That we'd still choose, man, to Rejoice in him because he's great. Man, recognize his greatness. And then secondly, lastly, right, well, how do we respond? Hey, we ought to choose to rest in him. Rest in our Lord for he is great. Hey, some of us this morning need to be reminded of how great God is so that, man, we could learn to rest in him. Rest in him. Some of us, man, are allowing for anxiety, allowing for, man, worry to not just affect our life, to cripple us, to cripple us. But the reality is, man, whatever is going on, whether it's, man, chasing, you know, a ton of kids, whether it's the busyness of work, whether it's a season, you know, without your spouse because they're, you know, serving in the military, whatever it is, even though it's over our head, it's under his feet. And so because that, hey, we can rest, we can rest. For the believer, and I think about this, right? Uh, obviously, you know, there's exceptions. Kids get sick and whatnot. But for the believer, man, we ought to be folks that when we put our head on the pillow at night, man, we could rest. Even with all the junk going on in our life. Because what is over our head, man, even though it's there, it's under his feet. So, hey, choose to rest in him. The one who can bring peace to the storm is the same one who can bring peace to our heart in the midst of the storm. So he encourages us to walk in that peace. Matthew 28, man, Jesus himself, this is what he said. He said this, hey, man, hey, those of you who are tired, weary, come to me. 
all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is the greatest of all time. Do you believe that? And if you do, man, let's live lives understanding that reality. Recognizing his greatness, man, and that ought to lead us to worship him, not just with our lips, but with our life. Man, and choosing to be people that even though storms may come, man, we can declare it is well with our souls.